Whether you're hunting the back 40 or chasing game deep in the backcountry, the all-new Razor Guide Pack from Outdoor Edge has it all. Coming in at only 12 ounces and in a premium wax canvas roll pack for compact storage and travel, the Razor Guide Pack is seven blades in total, including a 5-inch replaceable blade folding knife, a 3-inch replaceable blade caping knife, and the flip and zip saw for wood or bone. For more information, visit OutdoorEdge.com. Hey guys and gals, welcome to the Oklahoma Outdoors podcast brought to you by Arrowhead Land Company. Here you will be educated, entertained, and equipped to get more out of your outdoor experience. So hold on tight because here we go. What's up, guys? Welcome to the Oklahoma Outdoors podcast. If you're wondering why the music just suddenly shut off, if you're wondering why I might sound a little different, if you're wondering why the word uncut is in the title of this episode, it's basically because I'm extremely unprepared this week. I'm actually on vacation with my family. We're currently at Gulf Shores, Alabama, and uh, but I need to get an episode out to y'all. And uh, it just so happens that I'm on vacation this week. Emperor Dan and uh, his court jester Josh, who actually get the episodes out, you know, on the feeds for you guys, they're going on vacation next week. And so I'm having to hurry to get episodes to them while I'm gone because they're about to be gone. And so I actually, uh, the only reason I even had intro music was because I just so happened to have an old file on my work computer uh, because I forgot to email myself my like kind of blank template. Uh, and so basically I took that old file, uploaded it, cut it up, and so this is going to be kind of a Frankenstein of an episode audio-wise. So anyway, but I want to get an episode out to y'all. Uh, I'm going to be talking about my Nebraska trip, which is awesome. I um, can't wait to share everything with you guys. So if I sound a little different, like I said, I'm using kind of my travel setup, so this is not my usual microphone. Uh, I'm doing it on my work computer, which is not quite as nice as my you know at-home desktop. Um, but yeah, hopefully y'all can forgive me. Uh, like I said, got a really good episode, so I think it's going to be okay. So anyway, enough with that. Um, not much of an intro this week, really. I'm going to kind of just jump straight into the story because that's kind of what my intro would have been anyway. Um, I don't have any of my like commercial stuff in front of me, and so I just want to give a real quick shout out to all my partners who make this thing possible, Arrowhead Land Company, Bravado Wireless, Private Water Fishing, and Deer Lab. So thank you to all those companies for supporting this podcast. Thank you guys for supporting those companies. And that is pretty much going to do it. So we're just going to get into the episode right now. All right, guys. So this story basically starts. Um, last week, my wife had uh, a leadership conference that she was going to for work. And so it was just going to be me and little Hallie. And, uh, and so I just decided... Um, you know, I looked up the regs, Nebraska's turkey season, arch, or sorry, archery turkey season was open. Um, my sister and her husband have been building a house up there. The house just got done. They just moved in. Um, and so I just decided, you know what, let's take some work off. Let's go, go up there, you know, see the house, help them with some last, you know, kind of touch up type things, uh, and do a little turkey hunting, you know, let my sister, she has a baby that's like three months younger than our baby. And so, yeah, I took the baby, uh, went up to see my sister. Um, we left, I think it was Tuesday evening. Um, we stopped a little bit over, a little bit under halfway, just kind of break it up for the baby. 
Um, so got there Wednesday afternoon. Um, Wednesday afternoon, just kind of hung out with my sister. Uh, she was actually headed to a Bible study Wednesday evening, which worked out perfect for me because I wanted to go do a little bit of scouting, you know, maybe try to roost some birds. And so she left for church, loaded up the baby in the truck, and took off with my binoculars. Uh, drove around to two different properties that uh, that her family owns, and so her in-laws, um, they're farmers in Nebraska. Um, sat on one hill for a little while. Never saw anything. Drove to another property that I did some deer hunting on last fall. Um, again, didn't hear anything, but that's where I saw a few turkeys um, last September when I was there deer hunting. So that's really all I had to go off of was just I saw like three Merriam gobblers last September. So uh, so anyway, I drove around a little bit. Didn't see anything. There's one kind of nice big hill by uh, my sister's brother-in-law's house. Uh, so I parked next to some grain silos, sat up there with my binoculars. There was a couple big cottonwood trees along this creek with kind of brushy stuff behind it. I was like, man, that looks like prime roosting habitat to me. So sat on the hill, uh, had the window down, didn't see anything, didn't hear anything. Um, so I was going into the next morning pretty much blind. Um, and so got back to the house, hung out with them, woke up the next morning and, uh, gosh, what happened that first morning? <laughs> so I, <laughs> I, uh, went around, went back to that spot where I had the roost trees and I wasn't so much hunting as I was just scouting. Cause again, I didn't have anything to go off of. Um, again, y'all know, I'm not like a huge turkey hunter. I've been pretty, you know, ready for this turkey season. Um, but the whole way up there, even though it was turkey season, the whole way up there, I was just thinking about deer hunting. (laughs) I'm going to be honest. Um, I was very excited to do some scouting. Uh, you know, last time when I went up there to hunt, I was really only there like two and a half days. Um, and I was more hunting than scouting. You know, I do a little bit of scouting in the morning and then hunt the evening. Um, so yeah, so I was very excited uh, to do some deer scouting. So, uh, so I just decided to kind of combine the two, um, had my turkey calls with me. I did not take my bow. Um, yeah, that we'll get into more of that in a little bit. So anyway, um, started off where I, where I'd sat one evening with my bow last year during deer season, um, where I'd seen the turkeys. And so I was looking for tracks, looking for sheds, um, just kind of exploring a little bit. I walked back to the end of this little peninsula, found a deadhead, little eight point. Um, so that was kind of cool. Um, walk a little bit further. Actually, I was headed back towards the field, you know, out of the peninsula, uh, found a shed. So like right off the bat, got a deadhead in a shed. So I'm like on cloud nine, um, walk a little further, find another shed. I was like, sweet, sweet, uh, cross the Creek in a, in a spot where I could actually cross it and headed down to where, like basically down towards those roost trees. And so I'm kind of staying on the edge again, looking for Turkey tracks, looking for deer sheds, mostly looking for deer sheds, uh, deer sign, Um, walk back there's another little peninsula and that'll come into the story later also walk around that peninsula come back out towards the main field and uh, there's one little strip of trees that juts out into one of the the crop fields and I really wanted to check that out again more for deer hunting than anything Um, because I had seen it last time I was up there but I actually didn't know that they owned that Um, I thought it was the neighbors turned out later it wasn't and so I really wanted to check that area out and so, again, walking along the creek, kind of on the edge of the field, and I see something out of the corner of my eye, look up, and I see three gobblers fly across the creek. Um, and it, this creek is going to pop up multiple times during all these stories. This is not just like a little babbling brook type thing. This is like steep banks, 
steep creek, you know, it, and it's, it's still cold up there. Uh, I think the night that we got there, it got down to 29, uh, and the wind just howled the entire, I'm talking like 40 mile per hour winds. So when it's 29 degrees and 40 mile per hour winds, it is cold. And, and I'm not kidding you guys, like whether you were in the wind or not, change the temperature by like 15 degrees. I, I was just constantly like taking clothes off, putting clothes on. Um, you know, I'd, I'd start walking and get a little warm, take it off. And then I'd like pop out of the trees and that wind would hit me and I'd get cold. Uh, I really got to learn my, my layers. Um, but anyway, so I saw these three gobblers fly across this creek, and I'm like, sweet. All right, I, I at least have some turkeys spotted. They were pretty much exactly where I thought they would be. I mean, if I if I really would have been a serious tur- turkey hunter, that's pretty close to where I would have been set up that morning, and I probably you know could have had some action, but, but I didn't, of course. Um, so anyway, keep doing some scouting. I walked that little tree line. I found some really cool rubs. Um, I found some turkey tracks and not just like a few turkey tracks, like where, you know, I just caught those birds that morning. Like they were obviously in there quite a bit and it makes sense because they had this nice thick cover that jutted out into the, that field had been in corn last year. So, you know, I'm sure they were eating old kernels of corn and stuff. Um, go to the, the, all the way to the end of that property to the neighbors, turn around, kind of shed hunt my way out. I think I found another shed, ended up finding two sheds in the deadhead on this, on this little scouting trip. And so anyway, by the time I do that, um, I, uh, it was probably like 10 o'clock, something like that, 1030. And so my sister's watching Hallie for me. So I run back to the house, kind of check on them, uh, my sister was about to put both of them down for a nap, and I was like, hey, if it's okay with you, I'm going to run back out. She's like, yeah, go for it. Um, and so the night before, I had talked to my sister and brother-in-law about getting permission on basically their neighbor. Like, if you look off their front porch, there's the county road, and on the other side of that county road, there's some, some stuff that looked really, really good for deer. Turns out it's kind of an older couple. Um, they don't really hunt it or anything. I was like, man, that would be perfect. And so the night before, my uh, brother-in-law had messaged him and I'd gotten permission. So he had texted me that morning that I had permission. So anyway, so that's where I headed, um, drove down the edge of the field to the timber and they, it was actually the same exact Creek. It's about a mile away and there's a landowner in between these two properties. Um, but it's the same Creek system and it's, it's crop fields on both side. And then there's big kind of thicker timber along the Creek, you know, not super wide, um, but one thing that really attracted me to this property, this neighboring property, is they had two patches. You could tell used to be fields, but they had kind of overgrown. It, it, it wasn't CRP. Um, it was just kind of like native grass, you know, some some cedars and stuff had grown up. Just really awesome looking bedding habitat. And, you know, the big thing, I've talked about it multiple times, the big thing I learned last time I was up there was to look for that edge habitat. And so in these two little pockets, you had this grassy kind of brushy type stuff. You had the timber along the Creek and you had the crop fields. You had three different, uh, you know, terrain type, not terrain types, but habitat types all combined in this one spot. And I just knew it was going to be good. So again, had deer on the mine, not turkeys, um, had my Turkey calls with me still, you know, cam it up and everything. But once again, left the bow in the truck. And so I'm, you know, I got Onyx out, I'm walking through this timber and I'm just, I'm loving, I'm loving my life. I did find a couple of deer stands, which I didn't really know how to feel about. Um, several of them you could tell were old, you know, like one of them, the straps had even broken cause the tree had, you know, grown up so much. 
Um, one of them looked a little bit fresher, like it had kind of a newer strap, but it was growing into the tree a little bit, so I didn't know what to think about that. And then I found one that looked like it had just been put up last year. Um, new stand, new straps and everything, only a year or two old. And so I kind of made a mental note, like, need to double check, make sure I'm not going to be stepping on anybody's toes. Oh, drop my phone. Uh, but again, they'd, they'd given me permission to hunt it, so probably going to hunt it. And so I had already walked pretty far. Basically, this this property, it's like 200 acres, and I decided I would walk half the property from one direction, go back to the truck, drive around, and walk the other half of the property from the other direction. Um, so I'd already made it to my halfway point, um, saw tons of deer sign. I found a second uh, or no, th- yeah, second deadhead. Um, pretty nice eight point. Had like a little kicker on a G two. Um, you know, probably a little bit younger of a deer. Um, but but heavy, heavy. Had that kicker, and so it just it fired me up again because I was like, man, this is just a sign that there's probably some decent deer in here. And so anyway, so I'm I'm walking back out, walking back towards the truck, and again the wind's just howling, and I think I hear a gobble. And uh, so I stopped, kind of put my stuff down, listened for a second, not hearing anything. So again, I, I had my box call with me. So pull my box call out, hit it, you know, a couple yelps. And about a, 30 seconds later or so, I hear a gobble, definitely a gobble. And so I, I, I didn't call anymore. You know, I didn't want to call him into me because I don't have a way to kill him. Didn't have my bow with me. And I'm not too awful far from the truck, maybe 400 yards, something like that. And so... Trying to decide if it's worth going to get my bow now. Trying to decide if I should just come back like later that evening or the next morning. And he fires off again. And so, like, you know, again, I didn't call or anything. And so I was like, man, I feel like this bird is probably a little bit fired up. Like, there's a chance I could get this bird. Um, and one of the, you know, when I was doing some research on like the difference between Merriams and Easter's, Easterns and everything, was that they're a lot more like midday active. Like, they're just kind of constantly moving. Uh, they're constantly gobbling, and so I decide, you know what? Like I'm gonna, I'm here to turkey hunt. I'm gonna try to get this bird. So run back to the truck. I grab my decoy and I grab my bow. Come back to where I was, where I heard the gobble, and I'm actually in one of those little openings I was talking about uh, that you know I was wanting to deer scout. Um, so I had some opening. The grass is pretty tall, and so I'm kind of on the edge of the timber trying to find a good spot to hide. Um, you know, there's no big trees on the outside that could like, you know, kind of hide my body shape or anything. Uh, so I'm just kind of walking back and forth, looking for a spot to set up and I hear him gobble again. Again, I didn't call or anything. He just gobbles on his own. So one, I'm like, man, he's obviously still, you know, uh, fired up, but he sounded further away and the wind was blowing from him to me. And so I figured, you know, that sound is carrying. I was like, he's obviously, you know, a little farther away than I think. What if I get across this opening and sit up on the other side? Because I was afraid he'd, you know, come to the edge of the timber and hang up in that grass, not want to come out to the open. And uh, so anyway, so I decide I'm going to cross this opening and then set up. And it was only maybe 60 yards, something like that. So grab my stuff, walking across this opening. You know, I got my eyes peeled. I'm trying to be quiet. Um, But again, I think he's still probably at least 200 yards away. And so I come up another... 50, 55 yards, I'm looking for a place to set up, and again, I see something out of the corner of my eye, look over, and I see this bird sprinting away at full speed. Um, So I don't know if he was just facing the other direction, I don't know if he was like maybe down in the creek or something like that, 
but he was way like he I was within sixty yards of him basically um when I heard him gobble. If I just would have set up where I was like I'd planned on, again, probably would have had a dead bird. So so I'm like oh for two on day and it's only like halfway through day one essentially. And so I'm kinda kicking myself. Um, I, I think I put on my Instagram story that I, I made a promise to you guys that I would carry my bow with me from then on. Uh, and so, um, so yeah, I, I went ahead. I actually, I tried to follow him a little bit, call, of course, didn't hear anything. So loaded up and headed back to the truck, head back to the house. It was, um, I don't know, two o'clock, something like that by this time. And again, you know, I wanted to hang out with my sister. I just want to make her full-time babysitter. And so I would told her, you know, I'd hang out with her during the afternoon and then I was going to go do an evening hunt. So I went back to the house, uh, you know, hung out, hung out, showered, played with the, the kids and everything. And then around 4 o'clock, 4.30, something like that, decided to head out for the evening hunt. And so I went back to where I'd seen the three turkeys um, that morning uh, along the creek next to the field. And uh, I had brought a ground blind with me because, again, I'm, I'm archery hunting, which is not easy to do for turkeys. You know, they just have really good eyes. So carried a ground blind down there, um, chair, whole nine yards, had the decoy, just kind of your stereotypical blind archery setup. So um, I had the blind set up in the timber along the creek, facing out towards the uh, the open field, had my decoy out there. I normally put my decoy about 15 yards, and I use that as kind of a yardage marker for my bow. Because, um, you know, again, I feel like a lot of times they kind of circle out a little further. And so I put the decoy at 15 plan to shoot, you know, 20 to 30 yards, somewhere in there. If they come straight to the decoy, sweet, I got a 15-yard shot. So that was my setup for the evening. Um, I, I waited a good long time before I uh, started calling because, again, I was in there. It didn't get dark till like, 8, I think. I think Legal Light ended at 8, and uh, I got out there at, like, 4.30 or something. So basically just sat there till about 5, kind of let things calm down, um, and started, you know, hitting the box call, a few yelps and stuff, nothing, not a big deal, still early, hang out a little while longer, um, you know, making sure not to overcall or anything, wait till about 5.50ish or so, hit the call again, and not real soon, but probably two minutes later, I hear a gobble, and so I'm like, all right, sweet, got a chance, and, you know, I just heard one gobble, so I don't know, didn't know if it was the same birds as that morning, didn't really care, all I knew is that I heard a gobble. And so sitting there again, I don't want to overcall. I'm I turkey hunting really tries my patience because turkeys are extremely patient and I am not. And so wait a little while longer, hit the call again, again like not right away. You know, two three minutes later, I hear a gobble again. And so I, I don't know if he's responding to me. I don't know if it's just kind of getting later in the day and he's just gobbling. Um, but that's basically what happened the entire rest of the evening. Um, you know, I'd call every 15 minutes or so. A couple times I tried to call every, you know, couple minutes just to see if I could maybe get him a little bit more fired up. Um, and again, he never really directly answered my call. He was gobbling the entire time, but he'd gobble every, I don't know, 10 minutes, somewhere in there. You know, a couple times he gobbled like every five minutes. But again, it, it really had nothing to do with my calling, I felt like. He was just kind of gobbling every now and again. So hunted out the evening. Um, in Nebraska, you're not allowed to hunt like 30 minutes after dark or anything like you are with deer. You have to stop at sundown. So uh, at sundown, put the call away and everything. But I still sat there for a few minutes, you know, wondering if he might come in. I was also pretty close to those roost trees. I thought I might be able to hear him like fly up into those roost trees. 
didn't hear any of that. Um, he gobbled a little bit more, but it still was way off to my right, um, you know, a few, a few hundred yards away. So that ended the evening. Um, when I got back, I talked to my sister. I was like, hey, I got this bird. Like, I'm pretty sure, you know, he'll be in about the same spot. Are you okay watching the kids if I go hunt early in the morning? And she said, yeah, go for it. You know, I want you to have fun. My sister's awesome, by the way. So, uh, you know, we have dinner and everything, hang out a little bit that night, go to bed. And uh, the next morning, I'll admit this, I actually slept through my alarm. I was very tired. Uh, I don't think I mentioned on the drive up there, we stopped uh, in Wichita, Kansas to try to break the drive up for my daughter. But because she'd been sleeping in the car the whole time, when we stopped at our hotel, you know, she woke up. The wind was blowing like, you know, 30 miles an hour or something. Woke her up when I was carrying her in. And she was awake. <laughs> and so I think we stopped at like 1.45 a.m. So I was already tired. And then she didn't go to sleep till about 3 a.m. in the hotel room. Uh, so that's, you know, when I got to go to sleep was at 3 a.m. And then, of course, she woke up at like 7.30 uh, hungry. And so that's when I also woke up and decided to keep driving, didn't go back to sleep. So I was running on about four hours of sleep or something. Um, so, yeah, I slept right through my alarm. Ended up waking up about 30 minutes late. Uh, so not terrible, but not great. So when I pulled out of the driveway, uh, I went down and I actually saw a group of turkeys in the field on the neighbors where I'd just gotten permission, um, where I'd you know blown the one the day before. Uh, I saw at least four strutting, so I knew there was at least four you know males out there. Uh, there were some hens out there ob- also, but you know they were way out in the middle of this field. Didn't feel like I could uh, um, you know get on them or anything, so I decided to keep going to the bird I'd heard the night before. So make a mental note of those birds marked on, on on X where they were at and kept going. So get to my uh, my setup from the evening before, I don't know, a little bit, maybe 20 minutes or so after daylight. And uh, as I'm walking in, I'm you know walking towards my blind, and I hear that bird gobble. And he gobbled in the exact same spot he was gobbling the evening before. And so I look at the blind, I look at my nice cozy blind with my chair and everything, and uh, and then he gobbles again, and he's a good... 300 yards to the left and as I mentioned before the crazy creek I know he's on the other side of the creek and so I basically decide there's no point in me sitting in that blind and doing the same thing that I'd done the evening before and so I decided it's time to get aggressive and go after this bird so I had I had my decoy with me my bow with me and everything and so instead of hanging a right towards the blind I hung a left and I'm headed out towards this peninsula that I had talked about the day before so I'd kind of had you know a little bit of a an idea what I was heading to, uh, walk out there and there's a big old cottonwood that had blown over, you know, years and years ago, all the bark was gone and everything. So I'm looking for a spot to set up, finally decide on this cottonwood. One thing I wish I had was a chair, but, uh, anyway, I decided to make do. So walk out kind of towards the, the tip of this peninsula. I put my decoy out in kind of an open spot, get behind the, uh, behind the old cottonwood and go to calling. And, this bird immediately answers my call. Unlike the evening before where he was just kind of random, randomly gobbling, this time he's answering me. So get everything ready. I got, my, I got an arrow knocked, got my release there. Um, I got uh, you know my call and everything lined up, got my phone, and, and I, I feel like I'm in a pretty good spot. Again, I have to call him across the creek. I was still worried about that. But I had my decoy basically directly in between him and me. Um, and I just felt like he was going to come in. If he did cross the creek, he'd be crossing the creek in front of me. I had this nice big tree that I could kind of hide behind to draw, shoot through and everything. And so I was feeling pretty good about the setup. So start calling 
and and again he he's fired up this time uh try not to overcall oh yeah overcall taking my time but this time you know when i call he responds and so i'm feeling pretty good about it he's getting closer but he's in some thick stuff can't see him uh i can i can hear him coming a little closer finally he gets to where i can see him he comes right to the edge of the creek and kind of as i predicted he held up a little bit you know he's he's really he's trying to call the girl to him like they do um and he's just strutting loud and proud i can see him i can see that he's a Miriam. that's what i was hoping to get um and uh, but he just won't will not cross the creek and so he hits the creek instead of coming across he turns and he starts walking down the bank of the creek and so i'm i'm still calling i'm watching i'm i'm pretty well hidden and uh and i kind of lose sight of him cuz there's a bunch of brush in front of me and then all of a sudden I hear him, and he's, he sounds like he's to my right now instead of to my left, and he sounds like he's kind of far away. And so I'm trying to figure out what's going on. You know, I, I know he's interested. I know he's fired up. And so I'm sitting there. I have my bow sitting on top of the log to my left, uh, so I you know work my box call with both my, with both hands. And uh, sitting there, and I don't hear him for a while. I'm like, I know this bird didn't just suddenly lose interest and leave. And then all of a sudden I hear just the softest little, <laughs> and I look to my right and this bird pops out of the creek bed on my side about, I don't know, maybe 20 feet away and just walking straight. Like I, I, I'm, my only guess is that he never saw my decoy. There was some brush up there. Um, the, the little peninsula itself was pretty thick. And so I think instead of heading to the decoy, he just headed to where he heard, the calling coming from and i mean he hit it dead on so i you know i see him pop up over the creek bank i just freeze holding my call in my hand bow to my left and this gobbler walks to about 10 feet uh he's beautiful i can see his beard hanging down he's in full strut and i'm just staring straight ahead trying not to move as he just continues to walk to my right uh and he walks out of my peripheral vision and i'm just stone cold i don't i don't know what to do uh, you know, I know there's no way I can reach, grab my bow, turn, draw, and get a shot and all that. And so my only hope is that he basically walks past me, sees the decoy, and heads towards her. And so I'm just staying as still as possible. Uh, I know I'm not going to try to look to the right where he is. Eventually, I very, very slowly turn my head to the left where I can finally see my decoy, you know, looking out of the corner of my eye. I don't see him. I turn my head a little more. I don't see him next to the log or anything. And so finally I'm like, he he had to have seen me. And so I get, go ahead, turn to my right real quick, and there's just no bird there. I have no idea where he ended up. Uh, I never heard him fly. I never heard him run. Um, I guess he just very casually and easily, easily worked away. I mean, I'm guessing he obviously saw me. I was just a big human-shaped blob sitting on top of this tree. Um, and, but yeah, he just, he just worked away, never saw him again. Um, hit the call a couple times. He obviously did not respond. I got up and walked over like to the field edge. He wasn't out in the field. Um, he just flat out disappeared. So, um, I, I can't say I was disappointed. Uh, I mean, I, I called this bird in, I got him to cross this giant Creek. He worked in perfectly. Um, if I would have had a shotgun, he would have been dead. You know, I could have grabbed a shotgun and got a hurried shot and probably killed him. Um, but just with the bow, it just did not work out, but super cool experience. I mean, one of the coolest experiences I've had in the Turkey woods, um, again, made me excited for hunting turkeys. Um, so yeah, so I was fired up and I decided, Hey, 
the day's not done. Let's go try to get in another one. So it was, I want to say it was like 8.30-ish or something by the time all that went down. Uh, so grabbed my decoy and went ahead and went over, grabbed the pop-up blind. I just kind of figured I wasn't going to be hunting out of it again. You know, I'd seen the big flock um, earlier, and so I, I figured I'd probably hunt there in the morning. And so, uh, yeah, gather all my stuff, get back to the truck, um, go back to the, the neighbor's property where I got permission and kind of like I'd planned on, I parked on the other side of the property this time, walked in, um, uh, oh, I forgot to mention when I was walking in that morning, uh, to, uh, that turkey spot, I found my third deadhead, a really nice 10 point, um, only probably 300 yards or so from my sister's in-law's house. Um, I don't know if it had maybe been shot by a road hunter or something like that. I mean, it was 200 yards from the road, right on the edge. Um, I'm, I'm kind of disappointed in myself for not thinking of this earlier, but you know, I'd posted a couple of the deadheads, uh, on Instagram and, you know, said, I'm a little concerned that I'm finding more deadheads than sheds. Um, and several of you mentioned EHD. I had never thought about it. Just not something we deal with in, in Southern Oklahoma, um, but, uh, I actually brought up to my sister-in-law or my sister's father-in-law, sorry, lots of in-law stuff going on here. And I had, I had asked him like if they had had a really dry, you know, year the year before. And he's like, oh yeah, I said the last two summers have been really dry. So, so I think y'all were right. I think it was EHD. That's why I was finding so many deadheads. Um, but it was a really nice deer, nice 10 point, not massive, but, but pretty nice. Um, so that's encouraging for, you know, hunting there in the future. So so yeah, sorry. One last little uh, add in there on the deer. So load up, go to the other property, um, park on the other side, walk in. Um, I, I I took my bow. I, I will say that I strapped, figured out a way to strap it to my backpack. Um, again, I'm kind of deer scouting. Um, I'm really excited for this property. Uh, go through some timber. I get to that other patch of uh, kind of grown up ground. Um, not seeing any turkey sign. Saw a bunch of deer sign. Bunch of rubs. Found another uh, deer stand. Um, and then I get to where I was pretty close to where I'd heard that turkey the day before the gobbler. And so, um, get my bow ready, pull out my call, hit the box call, nothing, wait a little bit, call again, nothing, walk a little further, a little deeper. Um, and this is the same property where I'd seen all those turkeys that morning. And so I'd had the gobbler the day before and I had that group this morning. So I knew there had to be some turkeys in there somewhere, um, but they did not show themselves. Um, I, I mean, I don't think they would have been spooked or anything. Um, yeah, they just, I, I, again, I think these Merriams, these Western turkeys just move around a whole lot more than I'm used to. So work my way through the timber quite a bit, um, calling all the way through, never heard a single gobble. Um, this was my last full day. Um, and so I kind of made the decision. It's probably 11, 12 o'clock, somewhere in there around lunchtime, kind of made the decision that, uh, you know, I just wanted to hang out with my sister and, and her family and stuff. And so, um, I felt good about the turkeys I'd seen the morning before. Again, I had my ground blind and everything. So I decided I'm going to go set up my ground blind for the next day, you know, get it ready to go. And I'm going to go hang out with my sister the rest of the day. Um, the next morning would have been Saturday, I think. Yep. Um, and we were planning to leave Saturday, and so going to hang out with my sister the rest of the day Friday, get up early again Saturday morning, hunt Saturday morning for a little bit, and then hit the road. So go set up the blind and everything, brush it in, uh, you know, have my chair in there, go ahead and leave a lot of my hunting stuff in there. Didn't leave my bow, but a lot of my, like, calls and stuff, I had a bag that I could put it in, be nice and safe. 
Um, and, and so, yeah, so I felt really good. Went back, uh, my sister made me a nice steak dinner and fried okra and, um, got some good sleep, woke up super early. I set like 18 alarms cause I had slept in, you know, overslept the morning before, uh, woke up at, gosh, I want to say five thirty. I think legal shooting light was six forty five somewhere in there. And so I basically just drive down my sister's driveway. Oh, oh, never mind. Sorry. Had a little pop-up thing here. Basically drive down my sister's driveway, cross the road, and park because it's a wide open field to the creek. And so park there, walk all the way across the field, get set up. I actually looked it up on my phone. I had to walk a half a mile uh, just to, you know, so I wouldn't have my truck too close because there was nowhere to park it really except up against the creek, and I didn't want to do that. So get set up, feeling super, super confident um, right before sunup throw a few, uh, you know, yelps and stuff out there. Cause I figured the turkeys were probably pretty close, no response. And so I was like, all right, that's a little odd. Um, but again, I'd seen them pretty much at first light the day before. So still feeling really confident. Um, sun comes up, throw a few more yelps out there. Nothing. Uh, wait 10 minutes, a few more yelps, nothing. And so once again, I don't know where these turkeys went, but they were nowhere to be seen. Um, very, very disappointing. I felt so confident in that setup uh, just because I had seen so many there the, the night before. I know I didn't spook them. Um, you know, I went in at midday and stuff. I, I just don't know where they went. Um, again, I think these turkeys just move around so much that they're hard to pin down. You know, if that would have been an eastern or a group of eastern birds, so they were there one morning very good chance they would have been there or at least close the next day, but they were just nowhere to be seen. And so I ended up having to leave uh, a little early just because I wasn't hearing anything. I wanted to get on the road. Uh, so <laughs> I leave all my stuff there, walk the half mile back to my truck, get to my truck, realized I had put my truck keys in my bag, which were still in the blind. So walk a half mile back to the blind, get the key, half mile back to the truck, and then drive the truck over there. So even though I just did a quick Super quick morning hunt. I ended up still walking two miles. Uh, I think grand total in the two and a half days I was there, I, I think I walked over eight miles just between scouting, hunting, all that stuff. Um, found three deadheads, two sheds, um, had a couple really close calls with turkeys, um, but ended up not feeling my, filling my tag. Um, but again, Completely okay with it because I had a blast just walking around exploring. Had a couple close calls. I mean, anytime you have a big gobbler at 10 steps, it's just hard to complain about that. So, got everything loaded up, went back to the house, um, you know, got baby girl, said my goodbyes, and headed home. So, so yeah, that was my Nebraska trip. Um, very, very encouraged for the future. Um, you know, the, the EHD stuff. Kind of a bummer, um, but you know I don't think it took out every single buck, buck on the property or anything like that. Uh, oh, in fact, uh, when I got back to the house, I had left a trail camera there from the previous September, so it had been soaking from September till April, whatever, when I went and got it. Um, and uh, this is this camera was just right behind my sister's house. Uh, went through the pictures and saw several, several bucks. Um, one of them was super nice. Of course, it was like during the rut, you know, probably just passing through. But a really, really nice 10-point. I'm talking shooter any day of the week. Um, there was another decent 10-pointer on there. There was a nice 9-pointer uh, that, you know, were fairly mature. And then tons and tons of younger bucks. And uh, and again, I think of the, of the three properties I was on, I would have classified that one as maybe the worst 
Um, but lots of deer. So that was very encouraging. And then, uh, I talked to, uh, my, uh, my sister's father-in-law a little bit about, you know, some of their neighbors and surrounding properties. Uh, so I got permission on, on the one new property. There's another property that I got permission on last time I was there that he said, you know, I could probably hunt again. And then I have their two properties. And so I think I totaled up at, at around a thousand acres of huntable property for my next trip out there. Um, it's kind of weird. Like, uh, it's, it's better than I would say back in, you know, at home, if you got a thousand acres, a lot of that's going to be cattle pasture here. A lot of that thousand acres is crop field, which is good. Um, very hard to hunt. You know, if you're talking like cover and, and, you know, tree stand type stuff, you know, of that thousand, you probably got like hundred to 150 acres of good cover. Um, but with all those crop fields, it's hard to turn that down. So, so yeah, learned a ton. Got a lot of really good info for the future, and and very excited, very happy. My sister moved there, so, um, so yeah, that was my trip. Um, great time with family, great time exploring. Lots of road time with baby girl. She did fantastic on the road. Hard to complain about that. She is such a good, easy baby. Um, zero zero complaints with her. So so yeah, that was my Nebraska trip for uh, spring of twenty twenty two. Hoping to get out there again this fall. I think it's going to time out uh, to where I can. Um, hopefully I get a few more days than last time. Last time I basically just got to hunt two evenings. Um, hoping to spread that out a little bit more. I want to say the opener is on a Sunday. They have a September 1st opener. And I think I looked it up to where it's a Sunday. So that could work out. You know, Maybe I can take off work Friday, drive up there, have a day to scout. But at the very worst, you know, leave Saturday morning and still be able to hunt opening day. So... So that's the hope, and that is this week's podcast. So a little bit shorter of an episode, but again, I'm on vacation, so I don't feel too bad about it. I hope you guys are having a great week. Get out there, explore God's creation, enjoy your spring, enjoy the good weather, and that's going to do it for this week. So until next time, I will see you guys right back here on the Oklahoma Outdoors podcast. You have the right to the best wireless service. Bravado Wireless provides the best mobile wireless, high-speed internet, latest devices, and customer service at prices you feel good about. Bravado Wireless strives to put these values first and offer you the best wireless service available. See what they have to offer at bravadowireless.com or one of their retail locations in eastern Oklahoma. Let Bravado Wireless connect you to your family, friends, and business partners all over the world. Bravado Wireless, the power of connection.